Everybody doing good today? All right. Happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room and those watching online. Hopefully it's been good already, and uh, it's been it's going to be a great day, right? It's going to be a good day. Maybe one of you guys will win a meat box you're giving away, right? You have steaks to grill, or uh, maybe it'll be uh, that'll add to the occasion. So anyway, we're in this series called uh, Family Vacation, and uh, seeing that makes me think of my wife's dad. Uh, uh, he drove a Volkswagen Beetle like that uh, for years. We call them doodlebugs. Anybody else call them doodlebugs when you're growing up? You know that was uh, and you play the doodlebug game. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we uh, did that growing up. But uh, it makes me when I see that, it often makes me think of him and on Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to Larkin if he's watching. I doubt it. He's probably at his own church. But but anyway, it makes me think about him. So hopefully you guys today, you know, uh, has been a great day and uh, you. Or uh, you know, or, or the planner when it comes to vacations, and uh, so I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna challenge the dads today to hopefully make some good decisions about the path that you're on moving forward. You know, and, and family vacations—that's what we do a lot of times. We plan, right? I, I love to do, uh, you know, hunting trips and stuff like that. And so oftentimes, what I'll do in a hunting trip is I start thinking about everything that I need to take, and I make a to-do list or a checklist, and I'm going down through there. And I'm doing a checklist, and it seems like I always get there and I forget something. You know, it's like the first uh, first hunt of both season, you always forget your thermosail, it seems like. Like, where's, where's my thermosail, you know? And mosquitoes are everywhere. So oftentimes what we do is we do checklists, and then we have where we want to go. We kind of want to make the most of the opportunity. Have you guys ever seen Vacation with Chevy Chase? You know, he, he was planning, wasn't it? He, was, he had it. He had the old family uh, Rambler ready to roll, and uh, they were going to Wally World. And so he's kind of planned this whole thing out. So oftentimes what we do is we do make a lot of plans, but look at what Scripture says. Oh, my bad. Let's, let's jump one more. There it is. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So today, like I said, we're talking about planning. And so oftentimes what we do is we have all these great plans. We have all these aspirations or even our own agenda, if you will. And we forget that, you know, it's, got, it's what God plans that matters most. That's what's going to last, right? And so whenever we look at that, we go, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so what the best thing we could possibly do would be to say, God, I want to get on your path. God, I want to be on your plan. And God, I, I want to do what you feel is best for me. And, and oftentimes what we do is we're, we're hearing things from other people. We're, we're even drawn to other things. But I believe that God is saying, hey, listen, listen, I've got what is best for you. I was just talking with a, a lady out front. Her daughter feels a call to missions. And uh, she was talking about how, you know, I said, hey, listen, you know, that may not be the safest place for her to be, but that is the best place for her to be, is in the center of God's will. Whatever God has called her to do, he will take care of her, and, and it's the best place to be. And so oftentimes what we need to do is say, God, I, I don't want my agenda. I don't want my plans. God, I want your plans. What, what do you say is best? And, and he wants to give us those plans, but we just got to be willing to trust him. And so Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So what, what Scripture is pretty clear about is we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, with everything that's in us. And, and oftentimes we would say that we trust him. I and mean, there's a lot of us in this room or a lot of those watching online that would say, well, I'm a Christian. But let me tell you, there's more to, to trusting God with all your heart than just saying, hey, I'm a Christian. There are plenty of Christians that don't really trust God with their finances. They don't trust God with their relationships. They don't trust God to take steps. They don't trust God in a lot of different areas. And so we've got to be able to say, God, do I really trust you with all of my heart? It says don't depend on your own understanding. What we often do is we try to figure things out. We try to think, you know, hey, let me figure this out. We lay in bed. We talk about this there and uh, anxious about nothing. And our anxiety builds because we're trying to figure things out rather than saying, God, I can't figure it out. God, I'm trusting you 
and I'm asking you to show me. And he will show us through his word. He'll show us through the word of God. He will speak through his word. And so even here he's speaking to us. He says, trust in him with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. So trust me, he's saying. Trust me with everything that's in you. And he goes, and I'll take care of you. Look at here. It says, seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. So what happens a lot of times is we, we, we get saved. We go, man, I'm a believer. I know that Christ lives in me. You know, and, but we're not seeking God. We're not really seeking him day to day, moment to moment. We're not seeking him. We're, you know, we want to hear from him, and we want an encouragement, encouraging word from him or whatever. But we're not really seeking him with all of our heart. We're not seeking him daily. And, and, and what happens is we kind of get on our own path, and what we're doing is we're seeking our own agenda. We're seeking our own desires. We're seeking things that maybe the world is telling us, right? And, and what God is saying, hey, listen, man, seek me, and man, I'll, I'll show you which path to take. But we often, like I said, we're, we're, we're thinking, hey, God, I've got a better plan than you do. God, I've got, I've got my own ideas about what needs to happen. And we do. Like I said last week, we, we look at destinations and we go, all right, that's really what is best for me. And God said, no, it's not. He said, I've got what's best for you. But you've got to trust me. You've got to be willing to follow me. You've got to be willing to take those steps. And so here's a, a passage, Psalms 25, 4. We used these last week. It says, show me the right path, O Lord, and point out the road for me to follow. So whenever we hear the psalmist saying that, it almost sounds like, hey, God, if you'll show me, I'll follow you, right? And there are times that God does show us. He shows us, but we don't follow him. He shows us exactly what path we need to be on. He shows us exactly what we ought to do. And we go, you know, hey, God, I get it. I, I, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. But we walk out, and we get right back on the same path we've been on. And, and we go, you know what, God, I need direction from you. And, and so planning well, you know, makes, make, makes us go, you know what, God, I'm going to plan with the end in mind. I'm going to plan with the end in mind. Not kind of where I'm at, but I'm going to plan with the end in mind. So what we do is we have to look at the destination that we want to be at and say, God, you know, what's it going to take to get there? We've got to be willing to follow him. So your direction, not your intentions, determines your destination. So we've got to get our mind around that, that hey, it's the direction that I'm on. It's the path that I'm on will get me to where I'm going, not my intentions. You know, there's a statement that says, uh, you know, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. So we have good intentions. We, we say, you know what, I've got great intentions. You know, I intend to be that godly man. I intend to be that godly woman. Great intentions. Maybe even a little bit of desire is there, but we're not willing to put our pa- ourselves on a path that gets there. And I would say this to the dads in the room today and those that are watching, that you say, you know what, man, I want to be, I want to be a godly man. I want to be a godly, righteous father. Then you've got to put yourself on a path that gets you there. You just can't have that, in, that desire or that intention. You know, we, we can have an intention. It's kind of like, you know, we get out here on I-65 and say, you know what, my intention is to go to Orange Beach or Gulf Shores or whatever. And, and you turn left and you head to where? Towards Nashville. Then where are you going to end up at? Does anybody know? Say it louder. Nashville, yeah. It wasn't a trick question. I hope y'all didn't, you know, think that was a trick question. But it pretty much, if you your intention is, hey, I want to go to Gulf Shores, but I turn and I go towards Nashville, then I'm going to end up in Nashville. Everybody's scared. They're like, well, is it a trick question? Is he going to get me or what? You know. But it's Nashville. That's that's the direction you're headed. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, help me to get on the right path, moving in the right direction. And so good intentions are, man, they're not going to get you very far. And so we have intentions, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to, I'm going to be a great dad, I'm going to be a great husband, I'm going to be a great wife, I'm going to be a great mom, I'm going to be all, and that's the desire, but if you're on a path that is leading to destruction, if you're on a path that is leading to, to damaging, you know, your spouse or damaging your family, you go, you know what, man, my intention, I never intended to be here, but here's the thing, that's where you are, right? You've got to be able to say, God, help me to 
deal with the destination, uh, the direction that I'm heading. And so our direction has to come into play. And so Andy Stanley, you know, did a, a whole book on this, and it's a, it's a, talking about the principle of the path, that it's not whether or not you want to be in a different place. I mean, because a lot of times we want to be in a different place, but we're on a path that's leading in a certain direction. So here's one of his quotes. says, the direction you're currently traveling, relationally, financially, spiritually, and the list goes on and on, will determine where you end up in each of those respective arenas. So you may have good intentions. You know what? Hey, man, I don't want to be in debt. But yet the path that you're on continues to lead you down a road that leads to debt. So, you know, you're going to end up being in debt if you stay on the path you're on. Relationally. Hey, I want to have a, a healthy marriage. I want to have a great relationship with the people around me. But if you stay on the path that you're on, you're going to end up being exactly where you're headed. And if it's not healthy on the road that you're on, it's not going to be healthy when you get to the destination, right? And then spiritually. We say, hey, man, I want to be closer to God. I want to be in a better place spiritually. But if you stay on the path you're on, you keep doing the same things you're doing, you're going to end up exactly where you're headed. You know, we can talk about things, and oftentimes we hear things, but we, we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to evaluate, you know, where I really am. So you can't get to where you want to be unless you know where you are. Anybody in here ever been lost? I want to see how many dads raise their hand. Anybody ever been lost? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about spiritually. I'm talking about, like, lost directions. Everybody understand? All right, so, so here's the thing. We're lost. And you call somebody, they'll go, hey, where are you? And you're thinking, dude, if I knew where I was at, I wouldn't be calling you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if I know where I'm located here, if I know where I am, I don't have to call you, right? And, and so what we do is we, you know, we say, hey, well, where are you? And so the thing, look at this. It says you can't get to where you want to be unless you know where you are. Kind of like even using a compass, you need a, you need a point, you need a waypoint. You need something to know which direction to go, right? And, and so what often happens is you call somebody and say, hey, listen, man, I'm lost. And they go, where are you? And I was like, dude, I don't know where I am. That's the reason I'm calling you. They said, well, what's around you? And you go, well, there's a Walgreens here or there's a Walmart here or there's a Circle K here or whatever. And they go, all right, I know where you are. All right, so listen to me. And then they begin to give you a path or a direction to follow, right? And, and so what happens is we... We're not willing to do an evaluation of where we are. But we've got to know where we are. We've got to be willing to say, God, show me where I am. So my prayer for all of us today is that we do an inventory of where we are and where we want to be. And then we, we ask ourselves and we ask God, God, am I on the right path to get to where I want to be? Am, am I on the right path to be where I want to be financially? Am I on, on the right path to be where I want to be emotionally? You might say, well, man, I'm not in a good place today. I'm not in a good place at all. I'm not in a good place financially. I'm not in a good place emotionally. I'm not in a good place relationally. I'm not in a good place spiritually. But, God, I want to be. Well, you've you got to be willing to assess where you are. You've got to be willing to say, God, I'm not on that path. I'm not on a good path. And so we've got to be willing to be willing to look at the current condition. And so that's what you're doing whenever that person says, hey, listen, what's around you? You're looking around. You're kind of assessing what's around you, and you're kind of figuring out what the current situation is, right? And you really need that waypoint. You need that beginning point to be able to know which direction to go. So we've got to be willing to ask ourselves, you know, hey, where are we at? Look at what it says in Romans 12, 3 here. Paul's writing to the church at Rome. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. In other words, don't fool yourself. Don't lie to yourself. He said, hey, listen, don't, don't lie to yourself and don't think that you're, you know, you got it all together. Don't think that you're the only one in the room that's, only, that's, got, that's got it all together. He said, hey, listen, you need to be honest in your evaluation. But you've got to be willing to say, hey, listen, I don't have it together. And what we do a lot of times, especially in the churches, we put on this plastic and we act like everything's okay. 
Somebody goes, man, how are you today? Man, I'm great. And you're lying through your teeth. Some of you walked in here today, broke down, man, you're, you're needy. But you're telling everybody, I'm good. You know, someone says, how are you? I mean, I'm fine. Good. You, you good? I'm good. Yeah. Fake, fake smile, plastic as you can be. And so what Paul is saying, man, don't think you're better than you really are. Don't, don't sell yourself that you've got it together. Don't sell yourself that you're on the right path. Because that's what the enemy loves for us to do. Hey, man, I'm good. I'll, I'll just stay on the path that I'm on, and, and I'm going to be all right. I'm going to survive this. I'm going to make it. And God is saying, hey, listen, you're not on the right path. You need to change direction. <coughs> Look at what he says here. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So what Paul is saying, hey, listen, be honest. When you're evaluating yourself, don't, don't try to sell yourself. Don't try to sell it to others that you're good, that you got it together, you're moving in the right direction. You're going to be all right. <coughs> Excuse me. But he says, measuring your, your, yourselves by the faith God has given us. In other words, it's got to be a spiritual decision. It's got to be a spiritual evaluation. And so my prayer is that today we actually do an honest evaluation of where we are. And we go, you know, hey, what path am I on? Am I moving in the right direction? Am I moving towards God? Am I moving towards God's best for me? And what we are often able to do is we're able to look back at our past. And here's the thing. You cannot go back and change your past. I wish we could, don't you? You can't change your past, but you can learn from it. You don't have to live in your past, but you, you can learn from it. You can look back at your past and say, you know what? I've blown it. There may be some of the dads that are sitting here in the room, and you go, you went, man, I feel like a failure as a dad. And some of you, you know what? You probably did. You failed. But you don't have to stay there. You can change direction. You may have failed up until this point, but you don't have to stay there. You can change direction from this point. You've got to get on a different path. But you can say, you know what, God, from this point forward, I want to be the best dad possible. I want to be the best husband possible. I want to be the best wife possible, best mom possible, best daughter, best son, best whatever. You know what, but I've got to change the path that I'm on. I can't continue because I know that's not where I'm at right now. And so we've got to be willing to make those adjustments. And we've got to be honest in our evaluation. He's writing to the church at Corinth here. He says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you fail the test of genuine faith. He said, hey, listen, man, you've got you to make sure that you know that you know that Christ lives in you. Not, man, I hope that I'm saved. I hope that, you know, God loves me. I've got to know that God loves me. I've got to know that God has provided the way of salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. When He went to the cross, that was the best way possible to redeem. It was the only way possible. And you've got to know that, you know what, that was God's plan. And I've put my faith in Christ for salvation. And I'm not just a Christian by name. I'm a Christian because I've been washed in the blood of Christ. And I am a follower of Christ. And here's the thing. If we're going to seek Him, we've got to be willing to follow His path. A Christian is just say, hey, I'm a Christian. But a follower of Jesus is I'm following His teaching. I'm following the model that is given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so I'm following Him. I'm seeking Him, right? And so we've got to be willing to seek Him. Look at what it says here. And James says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Oftentimes, we'll hear a statement or a scripture and we'll go, man, that's a great, great scripture, great message. And we walk out and it's like we forget that we need to apply that truth. And so hearing the word of God is great, man. I mean, the fact that we can read God's word, that we can hear God's word, you know, we can pull it up on our phone, on version, we can read God's word. We can have them read it to us. Man, that's awesome. But here, what I'm saying, it's the application of Scripture. It is living it out. It is, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. It's, it's a blessing to have it. It is, it is God's Word. It never returns void. But we, we really begin to experience the blessing whenever we apply that truth to our life. So James is talking about that. He said, man, don't just listen to God's Word. 
You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And here again, Paul is saying, hey, listen, be honest in your evaluation. You know, don't fool yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't think, hey, I'm okay when you're broken. You're okay when you're not. We've got to be willing to say, God, help me to give an honest evaluation. For you, if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. And you see yourself and you walk away and you forget what you look like. And what he said, he's given us a pretty good illustration. I don't know if you guys, you ever walk into a room and go, what did I come in here for? Y'all ever do that? I do it all the time. And I used to, I, I, for a while I was thinking, well, maybe it's because I'm getting older. But I've been doing that my whole life. I walk in like, what did I come in here for? And I have to go through a list like, what was I doing? You know, you know, because I, you know, I guess ADD or whatever, but I'll, I'll be doing something. And I'm like, oh, that needs to be done. And, uh, you know, doing that, and I'm, oh, that needs to be done. And so then I get like, what am I in here for? And, and so you have to ask that question, right? And so what Scripture is saying here, what James is saying, hey, listen, oftentimes what we do is we hear the Word of God. Man, God speaks to us, and we go, man, that's me. That's exactly what needs to happen. That's the adjustment I need to make. That's the change that I need to experience. That's the course correction I need to do today. And then we walk out of here, and before you know it, we're like, you know what? Forgot about it. It was a great message. It was a great Word, great Scripture, great feeling. But, man, I hadn't changed direction. Still on the same path, moving in the same direction. And our spouse says, you know, nothing ever changes. Kids say, nothing ever changes. And they're they're right, because we're on the same path. And what we've got to be willing to do is look at that path and go, where's this headed? And wherever it's headed, that's where we're going to end up. If you're here today or if you're watching online and you're thinking, man, if it continues the way we're headed, we're not going to make it. You better be willing to make an adjustment. You're not going to be who God wants you to be. You're not going to be the man that God wants you to be. You're not going to be the woman that God wants you to be. You better be willing to make an adjustment. And God wants you to make those adjustments. We've got to be willing to say, God, I want to do what your word says. To get from where we don't want to be to where we do want to be requires two things. It takes time and a change of direction. So we've got to be willing to... Number one, we've got to be willing to figure out where we are. We've got to be willing to do a, a real assessment, a real evaluation of the current condition. And go, God, maybe, maybe I am lost spiritually. There may be some of you in the room here today or maybe watching online. You go, you know what? Man, I'm lost spiritually. You know what? Today could be the day that you're found. But you've got to realize, you know what? I'm broken. I'm in need of a Savior. So that's the best place to be. Best place to start. Like, you know what? I'm in need. For an alcoholic finally goes, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Or a drug addict goes, hey, I'm a drug addict. You know, I realize what I am. This is the current situation. There's got to be a change in the path that I'm on. Got to be a change of direction. So to get from where, I, where we don't want to be to where we want to be requires these two things, time and a change of direction. Right? So nobody really, you know, wants to give up time. Time's one of those precious commodities that, you know, we, 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 we worry about what we're going to do with it. Right? Or some people do. Like, you know, I can go to a movie, and if, it's a, if, if the movie's not any good, I feel like I just wasted two hours of my life. I'll never get back, right? You know, and I know you're probably going, well, you're sitting there with your family, but we can't talk to each other. can't do anything, right? And, and, and so oftentimes you're thinking there, there's other things I could have been doing, you know. But, you know, you go because your family wants to go to that movie or whatever. But there are things that maybe you go, you know, hey, man, my time is precious. And some of you guys are like, you know, I got all the time in the world. You do whatever you want to do. You know, we don't have any structure. We don't have any plan. But time is a critical element. But I will say this, that all of us in this room, all of us watching online, have the same amount of time, right? We all have the same 24 hours in a day, 
Same number of uh, you know, minutes in, a, in an hour or whatever. We have the same. But there are times we look around and we go, you know what? Some people get so much more done than others do and maybe more than I do. And we go, why? And it may be that they're on the right path. Maybe you know, they're doing the right things. Maybe they're, you know, they're living as life is but a vapor and they say, hey, I want to make the most of my life. So maybe they're on the right path. I don't know. But it could be that, you know what, we don't have a plan, we don't, we're, not, we're not trusting God completely, and we're not even really seeking Him. We're just kind of going through life. So time is critical. And so here's the thing we need to understand. We didn't get here overnight, and you won't get to where you want to be overnight. I've shared that with a, a lot of people in counseling. You know, they'll, maybe I'm talking with a, a couple that's struggling marriage-wise, and they go, man, they're at the breaking point. They're... They're just about done. They're hanging on by a thread. And, and I'll often tell them, hey, listen, man, there, there's hope. I'm telling you there's hope, but you can't keep doing the same thing you're doing. You've got to change direction. You've got to change the path that you're on. But you can't keep doing what you're doing. And let me just say this. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get out of here overnight. You don't get healthy, and you don't get to a strong point you know, by just continuing to do the same thing. And oftentimes it will take time. time, you know, time it takes time to heal. Like I had a lady walk up to me. After the first service, she said, you know what, she goes, I love this church because we've been coming for a while. She goes, I'm so excited about being a part of it. She goes, and I want to get plugged in. I want to serve. She goes, and she showed me she had a zipper on her knee where she had knee surgery. She goes, I've got to let this heal first. I'm like, yeah, man, take, let that heal. And then, hey, let's go. You know what I'm saying? So I got to talk about, you know, hey, then you use your gifts. But, hey, if you need a time to heal, that's okay. Let that heal. But I'll just say this. We oftentimes don't want to take the time to heal. And oftentimes we'll get up and we'll push ourselves before we're really ready to do something. And we go, you know what, I've got to get it done. And then all of a sudden it gives us a setback is what they'll call it. And we end up taking longer to heal than it would have taken. So you didn't get here overnight. And you won't get to where you want to be overnight. So oftentimes, you know, there's people have been living a certain way. Like I've, I've had people talk about, you know, wanting to be financially uh, free, financially debt free. And, uh, you know, and Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, there's some principles you have to apply. So in other words, you have to live on a budget. And oftentimes we say, man, I just can't live on a budget. You can. You just choose not to. You choose a different path, right? And, and so you, you say, hey, listen, I, I, can't, I can't do that. And they'll say, well, listen, if you'll live according to these principles, it could be that in two to three years, maybe even four to five years, you'll be completely debt-free. And they're going like, three to four, five years? Are you kidding me? And you go, well, right, how long have you been living in debt? Like 15, 20, 25, 30, you know what I'm saying? It's like they can't see that, but all they can see is, hey, that's just too long. That's too much time. But if we are committed to that and we keep taking step after step after step, before you know it, that time has dissipated and that debt is gone, right? So that's just one area. And then emotionally, maybe it takes some time to, to get to a good place emotionally. Maybe it's going to take some time to get to a good place relationally. We've got to be willing to give it time. If you drive two hours in the wrong direction, you will have to drive two hours in the right direction just to get back to where you started. It takes what? Time, right? I had a friend of mine. He was going to, uh, he was going to Kansas City, uh, and he was headed north, and he was going to get to a certain place, and he was going to turn and go you know, west towards Kansas City. Anyway, he calls me, and uh, he's headed two and a half hours the wrong direction. And this guy's directionally challenged. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, so whenever he tells me, hey, dude, I went two and a half hours the wrong direction, I said, that does not surprise me whatsoever. Do y'all know anybody like that? Yeah. I mean, it didn't surprise me whatsoever. But I'm sitting there thinking, all right, so you went two and a half hours that way. So he's 
Does anybody know how far he is? He's got to, he's five hours out of the way, right? So two and a half there, he's got to get two and a half back and then head to wherever he's going to his destination. And, um, and it was really funny because he wanted to kind of justify what he did. And he said, well, hey, man, I really feel like God had me go that direction for a reason. He said there was a song that came on the radio, and he starts talking about the song and how cool it was. And I said, hey, man, I hate to tell you this, brother, but I promise you they were probably playing that same song on the radio in Kansas City. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. You can paint it however you want to. You can fool yourself. But what you did is you went the wrong direction for a long time, and now you're on the right path, but you've got to give it time to catch back up, right? And I would just say that to some of us. We go, well, I've been on this path, but these are the excuses and these are the reasons or whatever. And really, it's just you made a choice. You've made a choice. And you put yourself on a path that's moving in the wrong direction. And it's going to take time to get that back. Most people fail to arrive not for lack of desire, but lack of commitment. I talked about this last week. There's a desire... You know, for things, oftentimes there's there's great desire. I mean, most everybody wants to be physically fit, uh, and they go, "Man, I would love to." Is there a pill that I can take? Because they're all about the desire, but they don't want they don't want to give the commitment, right? Is there a pill I can take? Is there an easy way? Is there a quick way? Is there a fast way? You know, and so what we do is we've got to be willing to say, "God, you know, give me the desire, but also the commitment." And God, I want to be committed to this, and it's going to take some steps, and it's going to be hard. And so, you know, there, we all know, really, physically, there's just some things you have to do. You have to eat right. You have to exercise. You have to be consistent in that, right? And God will, will kind of guide you to that. Your body's designed to do those things. Financially, we know, hey, you know what? Hey, I've got to get on a budget. I've got to work within this budget. I've got to live within my means and stop spending money I don't have. Stop running up credit card debt. I've got to be willing to do those things, and I can get to where I want to be, but it's going to take commitment. It's going to be willing to say no. And you go, Mike, you just don't understand. Me and my spouse both are impulse buyers. Well, you know what you've got to be willing to do? You've got to be willing to die to that impulse. You've got to have a plan with your finances. You know, maybe relationally. Say, so, you know, hey, man, you know, we want to have a great relationship, but we're not willing to commit to dates, and we're not willing to commit to counseling, and we're not willing to commit to whatever it takes to get where we want to be. We're not even willing to make adjustments to where we're going because we're just going to continue to fuss, and we're going to continue to fight, and we're going to continue to do the same things, but we really desire to have a great marriage. But what God is saying, hey, listen, man, you've got to be willing to make an adjustment. You've got to be willing to change direction. You can't keep desiring something but keep moving in the wrong direction. You've got to be willing to make adjustments. So change your direction. So we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, I need you to show me that path. Remember we started with that. God, many of the plans of, of, of a person, but it's God's plan that prevails. We've got to be willing to say, God, I need you to show me your plan. And he will show it to us through his word. If we'll spend time in it, like I said, now we can read it, we can hear it, we can go, man, that's a great word, and then we can walk away and not even apply it, and there's not going to be a whole lot of change in direction. And so change of direction is important. Most people focus on their problems or symptoms and fail to realize they have chosen to live in the wrong direction. In other words, they point to the problem, or the, you know, I should say they point to the symptoms, they point to the issues, and they point to these things. And they want to say that's it. It's kind of like somebody who's got a, a splinter in their finger. They go, man, it's hurting. You know, and man, it, it is throbbing. And that is a symptom. But the issue is there's a splinter in there, right? And so we do that in our health, in our physical health. Oftentimes, you know, we'll focus on the symptoms rather than the issue. And we do that relationally as well. We point to the symptoms rather than the issue. And we oftentimes are not willing to change the direction that we're living. We're not, we're not willing to get on a different path. We just want to point to the issues. We want to point to the problems. We want somebody to fix them. We want somebody to fix us. We want somebody to fix things rather than change direction. 
So oftentimes is what we've done. We've lived in the wrong direction for so long. And you can, you can often try to kind of track something. It's like in a crime scene. Oftentimes you'll see where they've stuck a, a straw through a wall. And what they're doing is they're kind of showing which a, a, the path of a bullet. What was the trajectory of that bullet? And they're trying to see, number one, where, where did it hit and then where did it come from? And oftentimes, if we'll do the same thing, if we, you know, we, if we could p- kind of take a string and kind of go in a certain direction, we'd look back and say, all right, that's where we came from. That's my past. This is where I am. And if I stay on the same trajectory, you know, it's going to end bad. And so we should be able to do the same thing. It goes back to evaluating. We evaluate and say, you know what, this is where I'm coming from. This is where I am, not where I want to be. But if I stay on this, this is where I'm going to end up, and that's not where I want to be. So you've got to be willing to make that adjustment. You've got to be willing to change direction. So a new direction. So you go, all right, Mike, I get it. You know, we're not headed in the right direction. So how do we, how do we change this direction? And, and so we've got to be willing to make some corrections, if you will. And, and what we do, life is a series of mid-course corrections. Does anybody remember learning how to drive? I can remember whenever, you know, about 13, 12, 13, my mom and dad were teaching me how to drive. Back then you could do that. And uh, so we'd get out on country roads. And, you know, we didn't have automatics. We had, a, you know, three on a tree. Daddy had an old truck, three on a tree. And. Anyway, so, you know, jerking, snatching, getting it going. And then once you got to go, hey, man, I'm good. You know, and then you're going down the road. And I can remember holding the steering wheel, holding it straight. And then all of a sudden, it's like the, it kept getting closer to the dish. And I'm like, I'm not moving the steering wheel. What's going on? What it was is there were some course corrections I needed to make. And finally, I learned that, you know, driving is literally making little small corrections all along the way. You do it all the time now. You just don't realize it. But back when you first start out, you think, if I hold the steering wheel, I'm going to be okay. Well, the roads aren't straight like that. They're curving and they're moving, right? And so you're making little adjustments and you're trying to keep it in between the lines and hopefully in between the ditches, right? And so you're driving down this road and you're doing all this stuff and before long you learn how to do it and you're always making these little adjustments. We do that driving, but we don't always do that in life. We don't make these little mid-course corrections. We just keep complaining about the road's not straight. We keep complaining about somebody else. We keep complaining about all these things. We keep making excuses for how we still are whenever we could be making some mid-course corrections. And so life is a series of those mid-course corrections. And so if you're you're on this map and you're moving this direction, say, you know what, we've got to make some adjustments. And it might mean that you've got to completely turn around. That's what I love about repentance. You know what repentance is? It's going, you know, it's a complete change of mind. It's a complete change of direction. It's saying, you know what, I may have thought this about Jesus, but now I think completely different about him. I may have thought this about God. I completely changed the way I'm thinking. I may have been living this way, but I, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for Jesus. That's, that's a change of direction. That's repentance. That's brokenness over our sin, right? And, and so life is a series of these mid-course corrections. So the course you're on will take you exactly where you're headed. Don't Don't... Get away from that. So the course that you're on, you think about where you are in life, think about where you want to be, and ask yourself, all right, is the desires that I have the same as where I'm headed? And if, there, if your desire is to be something different, if your desire is something better, then you've got to be willing to make some corrections and some course adjustments. So God wants us to trust Him completely. And when I say completely, I'm talking about completely. Like I, like I said, I was just talking with a mom who her daughter... It was like God is calling her to missions, maybe even to Africa. And Mom was talking about the wrestling match that she's got going on. That's her baby. But going, God, I trust you completely with my child. And I would just tell every mom and dad in the room, God loves your kid more than you do. 
I know you, don't, you, you have a hard time believing it. You go, Mike, you just don't. You know, I promise you I do. But God loves your kid more than you do. And he, has, he knows what's best for them more than you do. And he can take care of them better than you can. And I know you don't believe that because you don't trust him completely. But we've got to be willing to you know, trust God completely. And I would encourage you. Maybe today God is speaking to you. And he's saying, listen, I want you to trust me financially. I want you to trust me emotionally. I want you to trust me relationally. I want you to trust me spiritually. You know, whatever it might be, you've got to be willing to say, God, I trust you completely. I'm letting go. I'm, God, I'm let, giving up control. I'm letting you have it. So we must be willing to surrender control and trust his path. Because what we do, I talked about this in, in the series I did called Anxious About Nothing, is we lay in the bed wrestling, and it turns into anxiety because we're wrestling for control. We, there's control freaks all around us, right? You're one of them. I'm one of them. We're, we're going, God, I want to control the outcome. God, this is what I want. This is what I really want. God, I just want you to do what I'm asking you to do. Our prayer time looks like we're trying to manipulate God. We're asking God to do what we think is best when we've got to be willing to say, God, I believe that you know what's best. God, I want to surrender and I want to submit to what you say is best. And God, I want to choose your path because your path is what's going to prevail in the end anyway. So God, I want to be on your path. I want to be moving in the direction that you're saying. And Jesus, I say that I'm a follower of you. So I want to follow you every step of the way. And I'm going to trust you with my whole heart. I'm not just going to choose salvation and then live like hell. I'm going to follow you in the way that I live my life. With my words, with my actions, with everything that I do, God, I really want to be a follower of Christ. And that means in how I do a business or whatever it might be. So here's this passage we started with earlier. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In other words, you've got to be willing to say, God, I trust you with everything. And even when it doesn't make sense. I mean, there's times when, you know, I look back and I, I realize what God has done. I go, you know what, God, that didn't make sense, but you came through there's been financial decisions for the church, you know, through the years. I'm going like, you know, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I told a story this past week about how God provided where we even are sitting right now, how God worked that out. And you go, you know what, that's just God math. God, I don't know what you're doing. God, I don't know what the plan is, but God, I trust you. I remember laying in the bed one night, talking about anxious. I was sitting there, and we were bought land. We were thinking about building. And, and I said, God, you know, I'm not good at raising money. That's not my gift. I'm not one of those, that, you know, I, I preach, man, just people just start pouring the money. And I, that's not me. But I said, God, it's your church, and I trust you to provide the money that was needed. And, and within like two weeks, I get a phone call, and God just began to orchestrate things that I could have never orchestrated. And I'm just telling you, He wants to do the same things in your life. He wants to let, He wants to orchestrate things that you can't orchestrate. He wants to open doors that you can't open. And He wants to do things that will be the best for you. But we've got to be willing to seek His will. Seek His will in all you do. And he'll show you which path to take. So let me ask you, are you really seeking God? I mean, you know if you are or not. You know if you're just, you know, just blowing smoke. If you're just saying that you're a follower of Christ, you're just saying that you're a Christian. But you know you're not seeking God. You're seeking everything this world has to offer. You're seeking pleasure. You're seeking whatever, you know, scratches the itch that you have. You're seeking stuff. I mean, you know where you stand. I mean, you know if that's really true or not. And God said, man, if you will seek me, I'll show you the path. And so ask yourself, you know, do an honest inventory. And so here's some next steps I think that all of us could, could take today. And one is evaluate where you're headed. You know, I mean, maybe look back at the path. You maybe look back and say, all right, this is where I'm coming from. This is where I am, and this is where I'm headed. And for some of you in the room, you might go, man, I'm, I'm in a good place. Man, I, I have 
confessed my sin. I have repented. I have come before God broken over my sin. And man, He has put me on a different path. And I'm moving in the right direction. And He has set me free from addiction. He has set me free from whatever the bondage may be. You know what? And I'm, I'm at a good place. And that's great, man. That's awesome. But I know there's probably some that are in the room or some that are watching. You know what? You know that you're not headed in the right direction. You're on a bad path. And it's not where you want to be. But you've got to be willing to say, God, I know it's going to take time, but God, I know I've got to change the direction I'm headed. Not going to make it. Not going to finish well. And so do a good evaluation. Determine where you really are currently. Don't lie to yourself. Don't sell yourself. that, Hey, man, we're good. I got this. Just say, God, I can't do it. God, I, I give it to you. I trust you. God, I know that where we're headed is not good. And so, God, I need you to work in me. And then it says, change the path that you're on. You have a choice. I have a choice. I can stay on the path that I'm on or I can choose. I can choose Jesus. I can choose to live according to his word. Or I can choose to dishonor him. Or I can choose to honor him. I can choose to lie. Or I can choose to tell the truth. I can choose to forgive. Or I can choose to be bitter. So God gives us choices, right? So he's saying to you, hey, listen, I want you to choose the right path. I want you to choose the best path. And then here's the last one. Just fully trust Jesus to teach you what steps and path to follow. You know, and I really believe that Jesus is going to teach you and he's going to challenge you to take one step. And then he's going to challenge you to take another step. Because a lot of times what we do is we look at how far it is. We go, you know, five years to get debt free or, you know, a month of counseling or or whatever the, you know, you start looking at and you go, man, the time, the commitment level, you know, eating right, working out, whatever. You go, man, the time, the commitment level. And all of a sudden, you write it off. And I'm just telling you, you just got to do one step at a time. And then you'll turn around, you'll look back and you'll go, you know what, God has brought me down this path. And then you realize, you look at where you're going, you go, I'm headed in the right direction. God, thank you. Changing that path changing that direction he wants the best for you he wants the very best I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and and I want want to ask every one of us to to literally do an evaluation just say God will you show me the condition of my heart and he will for some of you he's been showing it to you this whole service and you've been making excuses You've probably been justifying things. But he said, hey, listen, this is where you're headed. It's time for a course correction. There may be some of you in the room or some online that you realize, you know what, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not saved. I am lost spiritually. And I can just tell you, your destination is hell. That's what Scripture says. Jesus told everybody. He talked more about hell than he did about heaven because he didn't want anybody to go there. He said, hey, listen, man, I'm telling you how you can have eternal life. I'm telling you these things. And so we've got to be willing to hear that. We've got to be willing to follow him. We've got to be willing to surrender our life to him. Say, Jesus, I'm following you. He told the disciples, man, hey, man, leave everything. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left everything to follow him. Maybe today it's, it's the decision you've got to make to follow Jesus, to surrender your life to him, to trust him with everything. So right where you're at, just say, Jesus... I realize today that I'm on a path that leads to a place called hell, and I don't want to go there. 
And Jesus, I want to choose you. I believe that you went to the cross and you died for my sins. I believe that you bled out your precious blood to pay for the sins of the world. I believe that, but I'm choosing to follow you. I'm choosing to surrender to you. I'm choosing to, to literally trust you with everything. And so just right where you're at, just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm broken. So Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life and to save me and change me. Take an inventory of where you are and say, Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. And I'm going to turn. I'm going to get on a different path. I'm going to follow you. So, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Will you save me? Will you change me from the inside out? Will you show me which path to take? And his answer is yes. So if you just prayed that prayer and you're sitting here in this room, if you would just raise your hands so I can say, say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room, just raise your hands and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. See your hand right here, right here. Anybody else? I see your hand over there. Anybody else? Just raise it high, man, where I can see it. I, I may not see your hand, but God sees your heart. I see your hand over there as well. Anybody else? Just raise it up high. I see your hand right here. Anybody else? It's time, it's time to get on a new path, right? If you just put, prayed that prayer, then what you did is you said, God, I'm choosing a new path. I'm choosing Jesus. And here's the thing. It's going to take some time to grow and mature and to develop and become that man or woman that God wants you to be. But praise God, you have made that decision and you chose the right path, the best path. There may be some of you online. If you have made that decision, we would love to know. Text my, my decision to 94,000. Let us know. You know what, man? I chose Jesus today. I surrendered my life to Christ. But you know, man, I love that and I celebrate that. And I, let me just say to those that raise your hand, those that put your faith in Christ, today, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to the church. You're part of it now. But I believe there's a lot of believers. I believe there's a lot of even Christians in the room that mean you're not seeking God. You're not following God. And maybe God has revealed that today. And, and he, he wants you to change direction. But it's your choice. And so in just a minute, the worship team is going to pray. We're going to have a time of response, and the altar will be open. There may be something you need to go lay down at the altar. There may be some things you need to confess. But you know it's time for a change of direction because you, you're not headed in the right direction. You're not headed to a good destination. And I want to encourage you just to trust Jesus with everything. Let it go. Let it go. And trust Him completely. Quit making excuses and make adjustments. And so I want to ask everyone just to stand. All across the room, just stand. Worship team is going to lead us. You respond. Prayer team will be here at the front. They'll pray with you. They'll pray over you. But you just respond as the Holy Spirit leads you and trust Him.